if you're putting enough value out into the marketplace, it's going to get reflected in your bank account. If it's not reflected in your bank account, you're not putting enough value out there. Welcome to Satori Prime's Have It All podcast, where you get your fix of personal development without any of that fluff. A podcast dedicated to the unending quest of self-discovery and remembrance. You'll discover new breakthrough thinking and feeling technology that will cause shifts in all areas of your life, your finances, your body, relationships, and most importantly, your mind. You'll uncover your truest self and for probably the first time in your life, feel 100% worthy of having it all. It's time to stop talking and fantasizing about your dream life and start living it. So get ready to have your mind expanded in the best way possible. Now, fair warning, if you implement what you learn here, your life will never, ever be the same. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right. So today's review comes to us from the official SAV headlined encouraging and honest. So the official SAV, if you're listening, please email me at Elon at satoriprime.com and I will send you your personalized gift. So the official SAV writes, love to listen, entertaining and informative. They don't fluff around. By the way, I love that. They tell you what's helpful if you're making your way down the new path. Good tools and exercises to use at home and for practice. Each life changed changes the world. Amen to that. The official salve, email me, elon at satoriprime.com, and I will send you your personalized gift. And if you are wanting your own personalized gift, again, just head to iTunes, leave us an honest review, and when I read it, you will get yours. All right, let's dive right in. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Personal Development Without the Fluff. I'm Elon, and with me here today, I have Mark Mawinney. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me, Elon. Um, so Mark and I actually connected a little while back here, uh, and he runs an amazing group uh, specifically targeted at coaches and helping coaches build successful businesses. So Mark, uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about your journey and what you're up to in life before we jump into all the other goodies? Yeah, well, uh, in a nutshell, that's who I help, like you mentioned, coaches. My big thing's helping coaches get more clients without paid advertising. So it's all it's organic type stuff. And I, the reason I do that is I came from a real estate background where I went through really bad... There's never a good business closure, but it was, it was a bad business closure. <laughs> After, after a decade in real estate, and uh, I didn't have the resources that I had back in my real estate days a few years later when I started coaching. So I didn't have the luxury of Facebook ads and throwing money all over the place. I had to do it organically. And the stuff that I help coaches with, I know because I've put into practice with my own my own journey. I've done those type things. So I'm in my fifth year now having a lot of fun. I feel guilty sometimes I get paid for doing this because it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I say that to, with a guy all the time. It's like some days you just yeah. wake up and you're kind of pinching yourself. It's like, really? This, this is it? This is what I get well, to do? Well, I'm in Canada. So in those days where my friends who work in offices have to go out in blizzard conditions, they have to take their dog sled out in 10 feet of snow. And, uh, <laughs> I'm working from home in my slippers and my pajama pants. They're like, what are, you can't do that. Like, 
you yeah. can actually make a living that way. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I try not to rub it in their, you know, in their face too much. Joe. <laughs> yeah. We were a guy and I used to be in an office and there's this, uh, you know, like casual Fridays. So casual Fridays meant we didn't, we didn't have to wear ties and things like that. And, uh, we were saying like, we've gone to this place where casual Fridays is like, do we wear pants? Like that's, that's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do I shower today? Uh. <laughs> like, uh. um, so Mark, when you first started your journey out of real estate and into coaching, why, why coaching? How did that all come about? It, it wasn't any grand plan. Uh, I obviously knew what coaching was generally speaking, but I had never actually worked with a coach during my real estate days, I was approached by several coaches in those years and being young, cocky, 20 something, making a lot of money, successful business. I thought, I don't need a coach. Why do I need a coach? I got this all figured out. Now my thinking changed when I ended up going through business closure and stuff. I kind of wish I'd had a coach. Things probably wouldn't have ended that way or would have been different. But uh, it, it, what happened was I was helped back to my feet by a couple different coaches and mentors after I went Boston real estate. And uh, it was a humbling experience, but it was also, I think, I learned a lot more, I say, in my, my wilderness years, those couple of years, than I did in 10 years of nonstop success in real estate. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is great. Uh, that's what introduced me to coaching. I thought, I really want to be a coach. And that's when I ended up eventually getting into coaching early 2014. And here we are today. Nice. And so you started uh, getting clients through this non-paid system for yourself, correct? At first. Yeah. When I started coaching, I had no niche whatsoever. It was the most general, unfocused thing. I said, hey, I want to help entrepreneurs. I'm a coach for entrepreneurs. And then I, I went to the usual struggles through that first year. And I looked at my business. I had several clients who were bricks and mortar, traditional entrepreneurs. I had two clients who were coaches night and day. No offense to Joe who runs Joe's widgets or whatever traditional thing. I really enjoyed my the coaches I was working with. Just something clicked with that. And that's why I said, hey, I'm going to plant my flag in the ground there. And mm. I'll refer. And even to this day, anyone comes to me that doesn't fit that mold, isn't a coach. If they want help, I refer them out because I just deal with coaches. Interesting. And, and specifically, you deal with coaches about helping them build their business? Or is it still you kind of delve into the personal development side of things in their life, etc.? Well, it's helping them with their business, but you know what coaching's like, Elon, it all kind of runs together. If you have a crappy personal life, it's going to get reflected in your business. If you have a crappy business, it's going to get reflected in your personal life. So I'm not a life coach or a relationship coach or anything like that, but some days I kind of feel like it because you get pretty close you know, with your clients. But my main thing, essentially, I'm a business coach. That, that's what it is. It's focused on the business side of it. I've seen way too many coaches struggle, and I still see it today. Yeah. that I hate to see coaches struggling and my goal is get them going. I don't want to, I'm trying to get them, uh, keep them away from being sucked uh, into the get rich quick, super magical funnels where they work five minutes a day for a month and make a million bucks or so yeah. they're told, which we all know is BS. And my goal is to act as a magnet to draw them away from that get rich quick stuff. Nice. So walk me through like, Someone comes to you, I'm assuming they've been around the block, they've tried getting clients. Uh, these aren't people that are just starting out and like, okay, how do I get a client? And they come to you. I'm assuming they've kind of been trying it on their own unsuccessfully for a while. Well, for the most part, some people do come to me from the other ends. So it could be a brand new aspiring coach who's oh, never wow. just started or some who have worked with have been at it five years, seven years, and they're looking for a fresh start. But for the most part, the people I work with have been at it 
you know, roughly a year, maybe two years. They've, they've done a little bit, but they feel... I, I have a term I use, I, I call uh, certain coaches zombie coaches. And what I mean by that is <laughs> at first glance, it looks like they're alive because they're, they've got the... Facebook fan page. They might have a Facebook group. They've got um, you know, the Twitter feed, a blog, and, and little things like that. So it looks like they're live, but they don't really have the consistent paying clients. So yeah. in reality, they're zombie coaches. And I want to be Sheriff Rick from The Walking Dead. I don't know if you watch that, but I'm trying to get rid of the zombies. I, I want to turn them into live coaches who are consistently making money with it. So in the it, in generally speaking, look at my business. Most of those people are the kind of one year to two-year type coaches. Gotcha. And when you're working with someone, you know, is there a process that you take each person through, like a like a, you know, thirty-day, hundred-day something process? Yeah, my, mine's nine, ninety days. I find three months is a sweet spot. The people I'm working with. So my signature program is called Ten Clients in Ninety Days. If you have ten clients, if you're charging what you should be charging as coach, you have a very successful business. You don't have to have hundreds and hundreds of clients paying peanuts. So that's my big thing. I find three months gives enough time. So I made a joke earlier about get rich quick. I I don't want to give the impression you can't do well with coaching, but I'm just trying to say it's probably going to take more than two or three days (laughs) of working for a few minutes. But I find if I could take somebody, if if they put the work into it, they come into it with an open mind and the right attitude, three months I can get them going. You know, it takes about a month to get the foundations in place and get everything kind of set up. We find a month two, a month three is when things really get rolling. Amazing. So walk me through, if you can, just kind of like what you're taking people through that process, because I know in the beginning, especially, you know, people go out there and they get these NLP certificates or they go to this coaching academy or that coaching academy. They feel really great about themselves, really motivated. And then they go out into the real world and it's like, okay, (laughs) you know, good luck. (laughs) Uh, So how are you making that shift? What, What are these people doing now to to obtain these 10 new clients? Well, and not to knock certifications. There's some really good coaching schools. But uh, generally speaking, I I shouldn't say I'm not a fan of them, but I find that a lot of times they put a lot of focus on the art of coaching, but not the business of coaching. Yeah. So just like you had said, they get out of there, they graduate, they get their shiny certificate, they're ready to go. And that's like, oh, shoot, I got no clients. And then yep. they get discouraged. Or they're in two years of buddy coaching with other people who are in that program as well doing practice coaching and that I think in a lot of ways can hurt your confidence if you're doing it for two years and not getting paid sure so with my process uh, what I realized after doing it enough times working with hundreds of coaches it really it's a circle and uh, I won't go through the whole circle but there's about eight steps I found with the circle Uh, going everywhere from the very beginning sounds like common sense but who are you helping is step one you got to know who you're going to help Step two, how are you helping them? You know, what's your offer? I can't get over how many times I say to a coach, so how do, how do you help people? What do you charge? And it's just like a blank look in their face. Wow. Well, if you can't spit that out right away, you're sunk before you even started. Uh, then it goes into where, where are your people? You know, you got to fish where the fish are. Uh, consistent content creation. I'm really big on content creation. And going around the wheel, it goes all the way through to uh, the discovery call, kind of enrolling clients and, and all that other stuff. But in the center of that, of my wheel, I call it, is a quote that Bob Berg, the author of The Go-Giver, had told me when he came on my podcast. And he said, Mark, he said, money is an echo of value. And the reason I put that quote in the center of that wheel is it doesn't matter what you do, you can follow all the steps. If you're not providing value, 
doesn't make a difference. And I think a lot of coaches lose sight of that. If you're putting enough value out into the marketplace, I know it sounds cliche, we hear value all the time, it's going to get reflected in your bank account. If it's not reflected in your bank account, you're not putting enough value out there. Yeah. And there's, there's something that I think a lot of coaches or thought leaders miss when it comes to creating content. Well, two things. One, you know, if you're putting out the same stuff all the time, then that leads to an issue of there's just not enough new input that you're creating to create more output. The other thing is, I find that especially with like Facebook lives and, and videos and, and articles and things that you write, it hones in your message. It hones in the skill set of how do you deliver something to an audience where they can actually receive that information in a practical way. A lot of times I'll talk to coaches and they'll just regurgitate something from the book, but it's so yeah. not experienced in their life. I call them bumper sticker coaches, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, you can sound great at a dinner party, but like you can't really help someone because you haven't internalized yeah. that process. And for me, a lot of the times, like when I'll turn on a, a video camera and just record a thought or, or something that I want to share, it really is to figure out better cleaner ways to explain something to someone such that they they actually receive it. And it's just like, Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, no, I agree totally. So a lot of times a coach will say to me, Mark, I don't know what's going on. I post consistently on social media. I'm doing 10 posts a day on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And when I go down and look at what they're doing, let's say, for example, with their Facebook wall, all they're doing is vomiting up motivational quotes and images. Yeah. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. I love motivational quotes. But if your business strategy is, oh, I'm going to share posts from or quotes from Oprah Winfrey, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, all day long, Brendan Bichard, Les Brown, or whatever, people can get that from Google. If you Google good motivational quotes, you get 10 trillion results in less than yeah. a second. They're not going to open up their wallets to do that. So don't get me wrong. I have posted quotes before if something really speaks to me. But if you look at, through my stuff, it's very... Um, I let my, uh, my personality have a, I, I don't know, um, dry sense of humor. I, my son always rolls his eyes at my dad jokes, but I like puns. <laughs> I like jokes. It, it sometimes goes over the line, which is very difficult when I'm dating because I tend to treat dating like my business stuff where, oh, well, I'm tell it like it is. No BS or whatever. Get a drink in the face now. I haven't had a drink in the face. <laughs> it doesn't always translate over as well. But um, I inject enough of my personality there. And I think, unfortunately, people don't do that. Or what the coaches do, they, they see someone like Elon and they try to be Elon. Or they see Brendan uh, Bren Bichard or, or Tony Robbins. Perfect example. Do you remember yes. Tony Robbins' documentary on Netflix a few yes. years ago? I'm Not Your uh, Guru? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I mean, not to knock Tony Robbins, but um, in, in that documentary, all he did was drop F-bombs or second word. You know, And I'm not a saint by any means. I have salty language, but... What happened was in the weeks after that documentary came out, it seemed like every coach on my feed was like, you know, if you don't go for your dreams, you're an effing piece of shit. You effing blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, wow. like hey, it works for Tony Robbins. So I look at me, I'm tough. I'm, uh, I'm dropping the F-bomb every sentence or whatever. And it came across really fake and phony. So I say you got to be yourself. If you're not being yourself, there's another cliche, I know. But it's going to shine through. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I mean, as a coach, one of the greatest gifts I think we can provide for anyone is giving them the gift of being themselves. And I always tell people like, you will be more, you'll experience more love, you'll experience more abundance, you'll experience more fulfillment, more all of peace when you just be yourself more. Yeah. 
in anything, I'm not even saying, but like, especially as a coach, when people start out, they do kind of feel like they, they want to mold themselves after, you know, like there's so many Brendan Bouchard clones, like everyone's trying to like be the Brendan Bouchard of whatever industry. And I'm with you. It just comes off so fake and it takes people that process of doing that to get to that place. Well, one of the things I'll tell people all the time is, look, you have friends in your life right now, right? Like everyone's got friends. I don't care if you got three friends or 30 friends, you have friends and you didn't strategize how to make those friends hmm. you didn't go and try to figure out like, okay, well, I want to be friends with this person. So I'm going to go wear this and I'm going to tell them these. Stories. No, you were just being you and that person yeah. found your quirks and the way you laugh and the way you speak and your crude language, like they love it. And that's why yeah. they want to be around you. What I love about the internet is it just expanded that ability for us. Right? Hmm. So it's like those people are probably in this, what this circle you know, 20 mile radius of you. Now you have access to the world. So like, if you can't find another 10 or a hundred people that like you and the way that you view life, it, it just seems so weird to me that people just make it this huge thing. Yeah, exactly. So I do daily emails to my list. I've been doing them since early 2016. And I've had people say to me that know me in quote real life that also read my emails. And they say, Mark, your emails sound exactly like you. And I think, well, who else are they going to sound like? <laughs> I, I, I take the approach. Of, now, my emails weren't always like that. Back 2014, when I started, I, I cringe. I don't even want to go back and look at them. First oh. of all, I emailed sporadically. So I was doing the mistake that a lot of email marketers make and that they treat their lists like a booty call. They only email them when they want something. So it's yep. Sunday, Sunday morning at 2 o'clock. I'll, you know, uh, at 2 in the morning, I'll text uh, that girl or that guy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I, I started doing daily emails early 2016. And the other change I made is I took the filter off. So my emails aren't typical e- internet marketing speak. And I'm on a lot of lists. I do a lot of like just research and check out things. And, and most of them are boring. I just, I'm thinking, oh my God, it's the same stuff, right? And so that's the key is just be yourself uh, with it. You're going to get a lot better response that way. Yeah. And, and it's great to be polarizing. I mean, you really, this whole notion, and especially I think for coaches, they want to be liked by everyone. Mm. Um, you know, I'm going to do good and I'm going to be liked by everyone. It really is nice to have a little bit of that polarizing thing. I mean, we worked with a, with an amazing coach and she's super polarizing. Like I know I have friends, like really, really good friends of mine who are like, I don't know how you're around her. Like I can't stand her. (laughs) And and to me, she's, I mean, she's like one of the greatest human beings I've ever yeah. had a privilege of meeting. I, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's that's very important. Most coaches or online entrepreneurs are hanging around the mushy middle and they're afraid of polarizing. So I ran into this with my Facebook group uh, a while back. I had a string of a couple of weeks where people were getting, uh, some people were getting triggered by stuff I was posting. I wasn't trying to, it was stupid stuff. Um, I put a poll up and asked people, who would you rather be mentored by, Gary Vaynerchuk or Tim Ferriss? Uh, I ended up having people saying that was sexist and misogynist because there's no female choice. Wow. So, anyways, um, and, and but through all these, I didn't apologize. And, and I told people, hey, if this is going to offend you, leave the group because you're going to get offended by other stuff. I'd rather not have you here. I don't want this to be a safe place where nobody's ever it has their feelings hurt or whatever. I'm cool with people disagreeing with me, but if you get a... Uh, offended by that, it's not the right place for you. 
So I had probably 15, 20 people out of 15,000 take me up on that offer to leave. More people were joining the group that week because everybody was talking about that poll in other places and people were checking it out. So I, 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 that, that wasn't me intentionally being polarizing, but it shows how polarization can work. And the big key for me, if, if I mess up, don't get me wrong, I have apologized in my life, obviously, but I, I don't apologize for something like that. If I'm putting out something, I don't feel, hey, I, this is my message. I want people here, so I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah, there's, I mean, just in general, I think human beings uh, have become incredibly sensitive, like overly sensitive to a lot oh, of different really? things. You find that? No, I'm being sarcastic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find especially since 2016, I know it was going on before then, but um, there's this, um, I don't know if you know a guy in your home city, uh, Donald, what is it, Trump, I think that's his last name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ever since Trump was elected, it seems like people are really on edge. And uh, I saw a really funny meme the other day. It, it was a fellow saying, uh, oh, what was the meme? said, uh, you claim Donald Trump was a failure in real estate or stupid in real estate, but you're letting him live rent free in your head for the last two years or whatever, which is, which is true with it. But Donald Trump's a perfect example of polarization. I've never met a person who's on the fence with Trump. They either think that he's the antichrist, he's the devil, he's going to destroy the world, or they think he's the best thing since sliced bread, he's going to make America great again, and thank God he came along. But I've never had someone say, well, I'm kind of feeling it out. I'm going to wait and see what I think yeah. about Trump. Which is incredible to have someone that you've never met anyone right in the middle, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. I was uh, reading, I'm still reading this book called Reality Transurfing, and the, the guy talks about uh, pendulums mm-hmm. and how. And I like to use the word pendulum because basically he's saying like these pendulums are all they want is to suck energy. They don't care about the person. They don't care about how your life turns out, anything. They just, they want energy. And when we think about giving something energy, like Trump, for example, right? right. We think that if we're, if we're intending and giving someone good energy, like we're, we're focused on that energy, then yes, we're, we're tied to that. But a pendulum doesn't give a shit which way it swings, right? So right. even all the negative and the hate energy, the pendulum's like, great, I get your energy. So that, you know, when you said like, he's in your head rent free, love him or hate him, like you're spending your yeah. life resource focused on that thing. And so then so he was obviously talking about politics in this book, but it's true for everything, you know, yeah. like. It's true for uh, money is a great one. It's true for love. It's true for war. Like all of these things are just sucking energy. And as a coach and someone who works with people to help manifest, like my whole thing is you're either going to direct the energy on what you want and where you want, like what you want to create in your life, or you're going to have all these leaks in the Mm. system constantly sucking up that energy. So for me, you know, like someone like you helping people attract clients. Well, look, your energy is either going to be like, Hey, this is the life that I want. And this is, this is the people I want to help, et cetera. Or you're going to be out there comparing, well, they have this and they have that. And you're just constantly, constantly in this other energy suck of a field instead of focusing on that, which you want, which for a lot of people, they get trapped in. Oh, exactly. And, and this will be the last point where we won't turn it into a political podcast, I promise. <laughs> That's dangerous. <laughs> but um, it, the, the whole, one of the big reasons Trump was elected in 2016 was because they threw, people threw so much negative energy towards him. If they had taken the approach to ignore him, 
which I thought would could have happened because I think Huffington Post said we're not going to report on this man or whatever. But everyone else went had Trump derangement syndrome and went after him. And look at the media, how much free uh, media they gave him. He didn't have to spend anything because CNN and all the others were uh, talking about him constantly. If you turn them on, same things happened since 2016. So if the Democrats don't get their act together by 2020 and actually say, hey, this is what we're for, rather than just, hey, we're against Trump and he's the Antichrist, he's horrible, don't vote for him. He's going to be reelected unless yeah. things change with that. Yeah, it's just scary. So spinning it back to this, you know, like with with getting clients and, um, you know, working as a coach, what do you see for people when they're starting out is one of those energy sucks? Like where are people focusing on that they that, that is ineffective? Well, I think part of the problem is they, there's a thousand different voices telling them a thousand different things. They're mm-hmm. trying something for a couple of days. They're not getting the rush of clients that they thought, so they're moving on to something else. Mm-hmm. I always say coaches, especially new coaches, should have a daily something. So when I started, my daily something was my podcast. My first 300 episodes were daily. Now it's a weekly frequency, which is much more manageable for me. <laughs> but uh, da- now my emails are my daily something. If I were a brand new coach, I would pick something I was comfortable with, like let's say Facebook Lives, and I would do a daily one because I could tell you that it would shorten the learning curve. It would increase your credibility incredibly because with my podcast, it's funny. I had people when I had been doing it for, I don't know, six months or whatever, I did maybe 200 episodes. And they're like, Mark, I've been listening to your show for five years. I love it. And I'm thinking, no, you haven't been listening for five years because it's only six months old. But they were used to seeing it every and hearing it every single day yeah. with it. So I, I think that's a big thing is that they're, um, they're trying to do too many things. It's the same as trying to fit 20 people through a door at the same time. That's not going to work. They should just focus on those few core things that they're good at, that they enjoy, and bring in clients and just stick with that. This message goes out to anyone struggling with creating massive financial abundance in your life right now. So if that's you, listen very closely. You see, abundance is an energy, a frequency, if you will. And for most, it's pretty elusive. Well, not anymore, my friend. See, Guy and I have just released our latest, most advanced training yet on how to align to the frequency of abundance. That means more money better health, amazing relationships are all available when you tap into this frequency. See, life no longer needs to be a struggle. What if you received abundance with effortless ease? So if you want to find out more about this amazing new training and how it can completely revolutionize your life, we've actually just released a free three-part mini training filled with amazing exercise that you can start implementing today. In it, you'll explore how to break your self-sabotage patterns how to shift from sacrifice to gratitude, and how to even reprogram your financial thermostat that's deep in your subconscious, and much more, obviously. So if you're ready, all you have to do is head over to primeyourabundance.com, and you can get started today. We are so excited to share this breakthrough training with you. Again, to grab it right now, just head to primeyourabundance.com. See you on there. I mean, when we started a podcast, I remember I started also two days, not, not every day, because I remember thinking to myself, like, I could do every day, but realistically, if I was honest with myself, I'm like, how long am I going to be able to yeah. do every day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, once they let me out of the loony bin, no, I'm just kidding. But um, for me, I thought, is there much difference? Like, as we're recording this, I think I just released episode 567 today or so. We're closing in on 600. 
would it make much of a difference if I had 600 episodes of Natural Born Coaches or 712? Probably not. And um, you have to stay fresh. And you don't, for me, I was, it's a good problem to have. I was getting busier and busier with clients. I thought, am I going to be focusing on clients and things like that or just sticking to this daily podcast? So in business, you got to slay the sacred cows. Or so some people said, oh, you shouldn't do this, Mark. And then people said that as well. Uh, John Lee Dumas with, as you know, EO Fire switched from daily to, I think he's doing twice a week now. And people are like, oh, geez, that's a big mistake or whatever. I'm thinking, He's done 2,000 episodes. I think he's good with the daily one. I'm sure John knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's really interesting though. Like the, I, I think what you said is really great. It's like focus on that one thing that works. So I know certain um, coaches or thought leaders, their writing is great. Other ones, you know, it's more like video or audio or things like that. Um, I think if you make it more about a practice of mastery, versus just a content creation piece. Like if you actually look at when I started making videos, like for me, I like, I like videos. I like yeah. turning on my phone. I like turning on my camera. We started in the internet marketing game. So we were kind of doing more of like the sales videos and, you know, like VSLs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember it was probably in three years in, maybe even more. And my brother who I work with, um, sees this video, he's like, wow, Elon, that's the first time I've actually seen you on video. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what the hell? Are you doing? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. hundreds of videos. But yeah. it takes something to your point before of like being authentic and being true and, and just being you and allowing that to be okay. Because when you first start, there's this innate thing like, I got to do it this way or I yeah. got to be that. And I think the more you practice, like one of the things um, that, that we'll take people through, like in the online entrepreneurial space, is we do a 90-day video challenge with them where every day, you oh, don't cool. have to post the video, but every day you make a video. It could be like yeah. a minute long, two minute long, whatever, because there's just things that you're going to learn about how you communicate and you know, are you closed off, how you hold your body, what you do with your hands or don't do with your hands or are you looking away or... And within 90 days, like the level of mastery that people can obtain just by doing a video every day or oh, yeah. writing every day, it's, it's amazing. I remember Brendan Bouchard talking about his early videos. He said were cringeworthy. You know, he was doing them. It, he was just a total newbie or rookie. And now, look, he's done so many of them. And that goes back to if I um, came on this interview trying to act like Brendan Bouchard, like a hyena on Red Bull. You've talked with me before. You, you've Skyped with me. You'd be like, what the heck is Mark on? Because yeah. I'd be like, bounce off. It'd just come across really fake and phony. Unfortunately, this isn't a popular thing to say, but I think it has to be said. A lot of people shouldn't be entrepreneurs because they're not willing to do 90 days of videos. Yeah. It's funny. If, if, you, if I had a suitcase full of money there, a million bucks, and I said to Joe or whoever, Joe or Mary, I'll give you this suitcase, million dollars cash, tax-free, no strings attached, but you have to do a video for 90 days, they would do it. I would think most people would do that, most. honestly. But where they can't see that briefcase or the suitcase with the cash, and you're just telling them, hey, if you do this, you can have a very successful business. It doesn't feel as real, and they don't end up doing it. They might do it for two weeks, three weeks, or whatever, and then they just stop. Oh, this is stupid. It's not working. I'm going to go do something else, and they chase another bright, shiny object. Yeah, there's this, uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with just our access to more content and more people. Because I think when, like, do you ever read that book, Mastery by Robert Greene? Yes, I okay. love Robert Greene. Yeah. yeah, me too. So 
you know, back in the day, this understanding and concept of apprenticeship and mastery as an art form and a process Mm. was understood by many. And people were either like, I'm going to play that game of mastery or I'm not. But going in, they kind of already knew like, this is a seven year apprenticeship. I'm going to be not great till this, but I'm also going to learn from this amazing person. Today, because of media, because we saw these like 23, 24 year old killed kids selling their companies for billions of dollars, whatever. I think this instant gratification of the world is like that effort that goes into the process of mastery. We all have this shortened version where it's like, well, if I can't master this in the first month or two or three, then I must suck at it. I'm not, I'm not built for it. I'm like, what has anyone ever done that they've mastered in three months? Like, how is that a rationale? I, I'm a big fan of the Karate Kid series. And uh, by the way, check out Cobra Kai. If anyone, this, this show isn't sponsored by Cobra Kai, but that's uh, the um, continuation that's on YouTube and stuff. Anyways, was, yeah, I loved it. I binge watch it. I don't binge watch a lot of shows. I nice. watched all 10 episodes and loved it. But uh, the other night I was watching the 2010 remake of it's kind of the remake of the original uh with will smith's son jd yeah. smith and jackie chan got some similarities to the original but it, you know there's some differences too but there's a great scene when uh, jackie chan the maintenance worker he's essentially the mr miyagi of this movie although yeah. he's mr han is his name he agrees to be um to teach uh jaden smith's character karate and when he's going the kid's going over to his house for the first couple days all he's making him do is take his coat off, put it on the ground, pick it up, and put it on um, a coat rack. And then he keeps doing the thing because when Jackie Chan was in the kid's house, he noticed that the mother was ready, was going out of her mind because the kid would never pick up his clothes and hang them up. So for the first couple of days, he had to do this like a thousand times and his arms were aching. He's like, look, I get the point. Respect my parents. I, my mom, I get it. I get it. And he said, this is stupid. I quit. I'm not, we're not even learning karate. Well, then Jackie Chan starts sparring with him. And all these movements that he learned from picking up the coat and all that stuff are helping him do these karate moves, which he couldn't have seen when he was doing the thousand different times of picking up the coat. So it's not the most fun thing if you're picking up a coat, hanging on a coat rack, or doing Facebook Lives every single day. But you have to keep that in mind, like you said, with mastery. And I don't know if it's going to take 10,000 hours, but it is, it's going to take a lot of hours. And most people don't have the patience for it. And that's why I say they should get a nine-to-five job. And that's fine. Not everyone should be an entrepreneur. I shouldn't be a professional basketball player because I'm a tad over five foot nine. I'm white and I can't jump terribly high. So I shouldn't be a professional basketball player. Some people shouldn't be online entrepreneurs. Yeah, that, that line though of not necessarily knowing how the skill set, like the thing that you're practicing, how that's going to enhance everything else. You know, when when... I started making videos ongoingly and then editing them and watching them and listening to myself. And even when I started recording podcasts and listening to that and editing it in the beginning, you learn so much about how you deliver information. You learn where you speed up. You learn your filler words. You learn what you do with your body. And I can tell you that getting on stage afterwards has been so much easier because I understand how to communicate, or at least how I communicate. Uh, And just the improvement of that, it was never the intention. I never thought, oh, I'm going to do this for that. But you walk into any networking situation or any room, and just the comfort that you feel in sharing 
anything, not necessarily just about business, just anything. And I've had the same people share with me the same experience about them, you know, how much more comfortable they felt at work or walking into business meetings or whatever, just by doing that. And I think people underestimate any practice, you know, like my cousin, I was just spending time with him. He started, he's in cooking, like he's in the restaurant business, but he's working with a coach. And she said, you know what? It'd be great for you to start creating some of creative outlet. Hmm. And so he chose writing. And so now he's going through a book about writing, but in the act of writing, there's this whole process of healing himself that he never even dreamed imaginable. And so there's always these amazing ties that people just can't see. Yeah, no, I agree totally. So it's, uh, I blame the, uh, the, they're easy targets to blame the snake oil salesmen, the saleswomen and the gurus or whatever, but it's very difficult if people are seeing Facebook ads uh, on their screen talking about how easy it is, right? Mm. And again, making a million dollars in a month working five minutes a day. I, I'm not, I'm pessimist by any means. I'm probably the most optimistic person guy out there, uh, out there, but, um, I'm also a realist. So when I start working with somebody, I explain that, Hey, this is going to be tough. There's going to be times when you feel like quitting, you get frustrated. You just want to throw in the towel. And I want them to know that up front. I'm trying to chase away the get rich quick people. I, I really don't want to work with those people. And, um, yeah, that, that's the way I approach my coaching and it's worked well for me so far. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really, really great point. I'm, um, I'm curious for, for your product and marketing and what you're doing, are you still doing only organic or have you gotten to the point where you do run some paid traffic once you get the organic side to actually work? Well, I'm dipping my toes into paid traffic now. I've hired somebody because I don't want to know Facebook ads because they change it so much. It's kind of like a black hole that I don't want to venture into. I'd rather pay somebody to steer that ship for me. So I do have some stuff going in because I understand I'm not trying to bash paid ads. I think yeah. they're very important. So yeah, I've, I've in, up until this point of this recording, I've spent maybe a thousand dollars, two thousand max in wow. like four or five years. Now going forward, it will be more. But that being said, organic is always going to be an important part of what I'm doing. So the mistake a lot of coaches make, there's a fork in the road. And one to the left is paid ads that they have to do. To the right is organic. And the mistake a lot of coaches are making, they say, well, I don't have money thrown to paid ads, but I also don't want to put in the effort needed for the organic. So they go right into the middle and hit a tree. So you got to pick either one path or you can combine. Obviously, you can combine paid and organic, but you got to do something. There's no option to say, no, I don't want to do any of it because that's not going to work for you. Yeah. Oh, man. That was the, when we were teaching people internet marketing, that was like the biggest thing. I'm like, look, you're either going to pay money or you're going to have to put in a lot of hours if you don't yeah. put in money, but you can't. Well, I was really ticked off when I started my coaching business because I'd come from the real estate side of it where I always had a good war chest, right? I spent a fortune in real estate on postcards. This is the stone ages yep. of the early 2000s. Postcards, radio ads. Um, I, I was spending a lot of money, a lot more than any other agent in my marketplace. And I got the results from it. I had people, my phone was ringing off the hook. I was really annoyed at first with coaching because I had a little bit of a woe is me moment where I thought, oh, geez, I don't have, I, I wasn't even on a shoestring budget. I was on a dental floss budget. I just didn't have that war chest. But actually, it was a blessing in disguise because it forced me to put the organic content out there and a lot of it. And it helped me hone my message. 
I think if I had been sitting on tens of thousands of dollars to throw into Facebook ads, I could have got a little bit lazier, try to lean on those ads as sure. opposed to defining my message. So by doing all this content creation and stuff, it's been better for me. I think I was better served than if I'd started sitting on a big pile of cash. And plus, when you're starting with a bunch of money too, there's not that urgency, right? There's nothing more urgent than knowing you got to pay, pay your bills coming up in a week or so, or you got to eat or whatever. Um, you need a roof over your head. So look at the silver lining. If anyone's watching this or listening to this and they don't have a big war chest to throw into things, that could be the best thing that could ever happen to you if you approach it the right way. Yeah. All right. I want to ask you uh, a question that, that I see even amongst coaches gets thrown around quite a bit. And there's this kind of like a negative connotation about so many people becoming coaches. And, you know, I, I, I've personally met people that I'm like, I, I honestly don't understand how you're a coach. And just because you have a certificate, you know, this, you should not be doing this. But, you know, I'm sure you've read a bunch of the posts. It's like, there's coaches everywhere and what's with the industry and blah, blah, blah. I'm curious as someone who's on the other side of it, obviously helping coaches get out there and build businesses, you know, what, what's your take on, on all this explosion of coaches? Well, it's funny you mentioned that there's a discussion, I think it was in the Facebook group a few days ago about the term coach, because a lot of coaches are weird about using that. So this is where they say, I'm not a coach. I'm a, a badass boss bitch babe. No, I'm not a coach or I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I'm a manifestation, blah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, you're coach. Like, <laughs> Anyone who wouldn't work with me because they say, oh, you use the term coach, I'd rather not work with them. You know, I think it's all kind of overblown. Um, I'm kind of teasing. I don't mean to offend any badass bots, bitch, babe, manifestation (laughs) queens. But but I do think it is a little bit silly when they try to come into all that stuff. Now, when I go out there, I guess you could say technically I'm a coach who coaches coaches. (laughs) So I use coach a lot in there. But um, I've had, uh, I've heard people refer to what I do, not me specifically, but people who are coaches who coaches coaches as pond scum. <laughs> so yeah, I've heard some really nasty things too. Oh my God. I've heard all that. Oh yeah, they all they, they equate it to the gold rush. They say, oh, the people making money during the gold rush weren't the people who were prospecting for gold. It was the people who sold the shovels and yeah. these uh, people who are helping coaches are no different than that. They're pond scum, they're Hitler or whatever. I block it all out. I'm like, I'm just going to do my thing. If people want to get worked up about that or terminology, but I say, get over it. If, if you have an issue with using the term coach, it's going to hurt you because you're going to hold back with your efforts when you're putting a message out there. I say unapologetically go out there and be a coach. Now I come from a real estate background, speaking of pond scum, <laughs> real, estate, real estate agents are down around used car salesmen and politicians. <laughs> So for me, coach was a step up. I'm like, hey, I'm a coach. I'm not a real estate agent anymore. <laughs> You're like, see, see my shiny new business card? I'm no longer. Yeah, I was the only person excited to tell people, hey, I'm not a real estate agent anymore. <laughs> I, I remember back in the day, I watched a Friends repeat. And who was a Phoebe's brother, I think, uh, was uh, came in and he said, I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be a real estate agent. And there's the big laugh track when or whatever. And that's when I was like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe a real estate agent isn't as glamorous as I was thinking back then. But yeah. anyways, I took a step up. I'm a coach now. I proudly say that I'm a coach. And I, I think anyone doing this should be very proud because it is uh, it is a great lifestyle. I mean, you're helping change people's lives and you can be compensated very well for doing it. I can think of very 
few other businesses that would be this rewarding. Yeah, it's interesting. And while I do think that there's a lot of people that have kind of jumped on this bandwagon that that necessarily aren't probably maybe at the level yet where I think they're great coaches. But ultimately, I got my start in 2003. I took the Landmark Forum, right? I was 21 years old. I remember watching the leader in that room transform the lives of 120 people in three days. And it was just watching it was fulfilling, let alone I couldn't even imagine what that person up on stage was feeling that he had created that kind of shift. And there's the 120 people in the room, but plus their families and right. Like there's yeah. massive ripples. Huge, that enough. Yeah. Huge. And I remember at 21 thinking, wow, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I want to give to people. It was, it's, it felt like the most fulfilling thing that any human being could do. And I get like now, you know, that was six, 17 years ago. No, 15, 16 years ago. So you're, you're like the wise old man in the industry because 15 years or whatever, you're the grizzled old veteran, you know? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, that even then I'm trying to think at that time, the bookstores around self-help were, you know, there's like a few shelves. Now it's a trillion dollar industry and self-help books are everywhere. Why? Because there's a, a desire. There's a need. There's a want. There's an awakening that's happening, I think, for humanity. And when someone experiences that, there is this innate, if it's true, there's this innate feeling inside that you do want to share that. Some people go about it, you know, like there's even people that join religion, right? Like it's like, I found the best thing. Mm. I, remember when I took Landmark. I was like, I found the best thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we all go through that process. So I think mm. innate in the process of waking up is more people wanting to give back and help. So there's something to be said there. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, my life, much like you, you know, when I started working with coaches, like my life's never, ever been the same. And as much as I know this stuff and, and train others, we still have a coach at all times because I don't give a crap how much you know this or you know yourself or gone through this, having that other perspective, someone there to hold a mirror and just reflect back to you is priceless. It's absolutely great. Totally. So for me, the, the reason I focus on this niche besides enjoying working with coaches, you mentioned the ripple effect. That's why I do it is I could have, Fact a lot of lives by if I were a life coach or doing something else. But if I'm working with coaches, every coach I work with has the potential to become the next Tony Robbins or the next Brendan Bouchard or anything like that. So it's a, a definitely a ripple effect. And I say I want to be the Sam Phillips of the coaching world. Sam Phillips was the guy that gave Elvis the start. He had the Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee, when this unknown kid with a funny haircut, funny name, acne, everything else. You wouldn't think he'd be the future king of rock and roll. And because Sam Phillips was willing to give him a little bit of studio time, look mm-hmm. what happened. And so that's that's what I say with the coaching world. I want to help people who otherwise may not have gotten their businesses rolling, but with my help, they can get that traction going. It's a really exciting thing to watch. That's amazing. Mark, I, uh, I love this conversation. And for anyone that's out there who's coaching or thinking about coaching uh, that would like to, I know you have an amazing Facebook group, but where, where can people find out about yeah. you and, and uh, how to connect? 
Well, the Facebook groups, thatcoachingjungle.com, that'll take you there. So thatcoachingjungle.com. Main website's naturalborncoaches.com. And then my group coaching programs, 10clients90days.com. The numeric, 10clients90days.com. Amazing. Mark, any, any last thoughts for, for any of the coaches that are out there, maybe on the fence? Well, what I would say, just going back to what you talked about with the explosion of the coaching industry, yes, a lot of coaches are getting into it, but a lot of people in the quote real world that don't know about coaching are finding out about it now as well. So it's really the tip of the iceberg. I'm hopeful for a day, and I don't think it's going to be too far down the road, that it's a normal thing for your neighbor, your coworker, the buddy from the gym, whoever to hire a coach. It's not a weird thing. Uh, right now, you're not hearing that a lot, right? It, it, yep. Other than in our bubble with with personal development, I think it's going to become a big thing down the road. It's, right now, it's the tip of the iceberg. So there's no better time to start than today, unless it was 2003 or whenever you got into it. But the second best time is today. Just yeah. get started. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think one of people's biggest conversations is, you know, the world doesn't need more coaches. To which I say. I have about 12 Italian restaurants in my city and they're all thriving. So yeah, everyone's got their own expression, their own perspective, their own view on life. And again, you don't, to, to Mark's point, you don't need hundreds of clients to live a very, very uh, beautiful life of, of service and obviously making money. Yeah, Mark, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your wisdom and for everybody else. We'll have all the links in the show notes for you guys. So if you're driving, uh, be safe and just come check out the website and uh, go check out Mark. Yeah, thanks, Elon. I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as I did. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. A couple things. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's a quickly growing community with some amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can promise you, you will absolutely love that group. That's where we make all of our exclusive content available as well as trainings that are just for the group accessible to you and your fellow Satorians. So make sure you request access to that group immediately. Also, if you haven't done so already, we've put together an incredible app. You can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app and get immediate access right now to a 10-part mindset reboot training. It is an eye-opening, mind-expanding experience that you do not want to miss. Well, until we meet again, have an amazing day, my friend. I look forward to personally connecting with you and seeing how Satori Prime can help you in achieving your dream life real soon. Have an amazing day.